This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Bresnitz. Hope everyone out there is staying safe and sane, taking time to check in on yourself and loved ones. We're excited to be sitting down with Chris and Jason of the How Long Gone podcast. We talk about the origins of the show. We talk about the album they just put out on Jag Jaguar called Ads Color. And we talk about some food, some music. It's a good hang. It's a great conversation. We appreciate them making the time. And then we dig into the archives for a performance from their label mates, Small Black, one of our favorite performances from the shipping containers in Brooklyn. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on hrn.org. We talk about food. We talk about music. With musical dudes. Finger on the pulse. Snacky Tunes. So 
Snacky Tunes, Jason and Chris from the podcast, How Long Gone. Thank you for taking time out of your busy record schedule. I mean, this makes four for the week if you guys, if my math is right, because you dropped three every Yeah, week. yeah, that's yeah, right. Well, three and a half. You know, we'll see how long this one goes. We usually go three, four hours. I don't know how, if you do the no, same. We no. no, we don't. No, we don't. I'm anti, I, this, we're anti-long podcasts, so I, don't try to drag us into some three-hour monstrosity for your Patreon. No, this is, this, there's no paywall here. We've been doing this for 11 years and haven't seen a penny. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of walls, not as much pay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the walls between us and the finances and not the, the okay. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, Jason, you you and I go back a bit. Uh, I was happy enough to be. I think I was on the stew a couple times, and then you also mm-hmm. DJed one of our our barbecues that we did back at. Mm-hmm. I don't want to name, name the spot because it's uh, persona non grata, but uh, back in Silver Lake, you you were our culinary. Wait, wait are you saying? Did, wait, does Mario Batali have a a, a barbecue place <laughs> yeah, in LA? Yeah, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah. crazy. It's, it's, I thought he was more of an Italian chef. It's, a, but, it's okay. the Silver Lake version of that. But um, was it? What, I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember oh, whose house it was. House it was so clearly, it was good. clearly at Tenants of the Trees. Yeah, clearly, yes, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the yeah, Tenants yeah. of the Trees. Yeah, that but whole we, club was on the airplane with Epstein. Man, they uh, fucked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's where he had his coming out. And now it's a, it's become time. an unhoused stronghold, and you know, a place, a wall to lean against if you're going to get an acai bowl at yeah. Uba Tuba. I know this is a food podcast, so I wanted to bring it all back. Mm-hmm. No, no, I appreciate it. Love Uba Tuba. Yeah, yeah. If you get your TJs to go you can just sort of mm-hmm. snack right outside of tenants oh, yeah. <sighs> um for people who might not be familiar uh with the podcast quick little history you guys the show what's the vibe of it hmm. Ooh, what's the vibe of our podcast we started it at the beginning of quarantine as just a couple of friends having a call with each other and now um you know it's sort of the same it's just us talking about our lives and then we interview different people but the vibe is, the, I mean, I guess the overall ethos is just keep it entertaining, keep it fun, not too serious, not too political, not too boring, just like, boom, get in, get out, have a good time, and then on to the next. Yeah, not too boring is definitely, that's good. I like that, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah not too boring. A it lot was, of podcasts have yeah, dead air and all that bullshit yeah. and people going, uh, 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 I yeah, actually but think that. It's the premise uh, of the timing, because you guys do it an hour or less. I think when you let it go on forever, it just... There's not enough. No, to, there's not enough time to talk about all that stuff. Just give it an hour. Say what, we'll get what we get, and then come back another time. See, if you well, also, I just, I just, I just find it being a little bit too with with um, 
being respectful of people's time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, we're dealing with people. We're not dealing with Jordan Peterson. We have people that have things to do. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit like I want to be respectful of I want to be respectful of their time as well. And not like not Whereas even necessarily like the, the highest profile people, but just in general, like I don't want to talk for more. I don't want to talk for more than an hour. I've got shit to do. I have to actually make money, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I mean, I think it it allows you to get guests, especially since you do it all remotely. You'd say it's like you just fold it into your day come in you're gonna come for an yes, hour for yes. us talk about whatever no pressure promote don't promote in and out mm-hmm. which is really nice and it comes through because i think you guys get a lot of guests that maybe wouldn't do a lot of podcasts because they know that they're in, they're in good hands um that's right that's right we're not smart but we are we're good at conversating you, you can either pick yeah. one or two there's a lot of smart podcasters out there bad at talking bad at conversations mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. we're great at conversations could be smarter. Could be smarter. <laughs> it's smart. I mean, when did you guys... I'm no dummy. When did you guys look well, at each other and think that you had something? Like, what was there a moment or a guest or an episode oh, where you go like, oh, this is actually not just us fucking around. Like, this is real. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, we had, we had podcasted a bunch before we even started this, so we sort of already knew that we had... A good kind of back and forth vibe but as far as how long gone maybe yeah. like um i mean because we started out very very just out of the gate so we had like hari neff was our first guest who was yeah. like a pretty pretty good name so yeah. like it was already kind of cooking from the beginning and it felt surreal but i think maybe when we had like phoebe bridgers on mm. yeah that was I when like Fee- we started getting a lot more turned. press and like yeah that was that was probably a more pivotal moment yeah. yeah, because because after that we got that, our yeah. booking agency, we got mm. you know a lot of different press and like music magazines were writing about us and not just you know the New York. Yeah, Times I think there was something. a weird there was a weird moment where like we were mentioned in the Faye Webster Pitchfork review, mm. where I was like, mm-hmm. "Damn, these motherfuckers really be listening to this." Like the, mm-hmm. the opening paragraph is about her being on the show, and I'm like, "Damn, okay, like that." Not that you know, not that Pitchfork is the end all be all, but it was like, "Wow, this is really like." This is getting into a different territory right. than, than like we like thirty to forty percent of your best new music interview involves talking about us two guys who <laughs> she has never yeah, met yeah. in her life. And when mm-hmm. we recorded the episode, I remember being like, "Oh, this chick doesn't really like us too much." And now she's got yeah, it. she she's doesn't know she, yes. best new music framed on her mom's wall in her basement, and it's just talking about my dumb ass. So that feels good. I mean, there is this thing about this like, sort of type of creative to like never recognize other people's projects as either like being competitive or just being like, I don't like, I listen to you, but I'm never going to talk about it in public, but you guys were able to sort of jump over that threshold where people are like, I listen to this podcast. Other people listen to it. Like people were willing to talk about something that they actually all enjoyed, which is rare <laughs> because people are like, did you hear my album? It's like, Oh yeah. I listen to it every day. And their actual response. I'm just like, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I listened once or twice. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's good. I listen like, to, it's, I've I've listened to it every morning for the last eighteen months. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like yeah, yeah. I've, I've checked it. Out. I've checked it out. Um, how does it feel to be to like have that at least just being in the conversation? Um, because it's, I mean that's it's, the most gratifying thing yeah. to me. Like I love I love the the being part of the conversation. Like mm. I want that, and I think that's the you know the community aspect that everybody talks about and strives for mm-hmm. is that's how it's actually created. Like when you have some 
fan account making memes three times a day of dumb shit you say, even though that's mm. annoying, you're like, all right, well, this means it's working. Like yeah. there's, there's thousands of people that want to participate in this and talk about it <clears throat> negatively, positively, whatever. And it, yeah, good you know, or to, bad. to an extent, yeah, to an extent, that's just like, all right, this shit's working, you know? Um, but like, I don't think that, um, I don't know, like what, you know, I, I don't, I don't, What's the point if no one's talking about it? It's kind of where where I'm at a little bit. Well, I mean, that's, well, that's, that's I, my I whole agree life. With that, but with, I think podcasting is so specific because it's such a singular activity. Listening to it, mm -hmm. and it almost is kind of private and naughty because it only lives in your AirPods while you're walking the dog or whatever. So <laughs> people don't necessarily talk about certain things. Like if you li like if you listen to like a podcast like Come Town. You're probably sure. not going to like, that's not going to be your opening line at your cocktail party <laughs> that you get invited to this weekend. You're going to say like, oh, did you hear about the story about the Ugandan slaves on the daily? And then right. you're like, that was very powerful. I do listen to podcasts as well. That's awesome. So yeah. like, it's interesting to do a podcast that is not like a very general NPR news type of story thing, you know, and we, we can get into it a little bit, throw some mud and stuff and, and people are still along for the ride. It's cool. You do have this way of, because your guests do range from fashion, art, music, food, but there is this common thread that when you tune to listen an episode, you're like, all right, I have a good idea of like what I'm going to learn about the guests, what I'm going to hear. How do you approach your research or putting your interview questions together? Because it feels off the cuff, but I also know that it's got to be research because you know a lot of inside baseball. Darren, there's guests. there's there's one there's one criteria for how long gone, and it's our <laughs> it's our rallying cry and what we live on. And is it are they down to clown? Uh, that's yeah. the only question. That's the only question we ask. And if if they're not <clears throat> obviously down to clown, then the challenge is: can Jason and I convert them to the D to C lifestyle? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think research research wise, it's like I. I mean, a lot of these people I'm tapped in with, like mm -hmm. whether I, I like what they do or I know them personally, or I look at the Wikipedia five minutes before. I'm sure. not like, I don't, I think the reason it feels off the cuff is it because it is, it is a little a off little the bit. cuff. No, you know, I mean, Jason totally does more research, but you do a little more research than I do. So but, what I like to do is if a guest is coming on, I don't want to like look at the wiki, you know, I'll go through the tweets and just kind of see where their head's at on a few opinions. Uh, but it could be any, like we had a girl um, or a woman on, sorry, Joe Ellison, who's mm -hmm. like an editor at the Financial Times, like, you know, an older woman. She has like a teenage daughter, like a very successful, respected editor in the in the writing world. And I went to her Twitter. I'd never heard of her. I didn't know anything <laughs> about her. I go to her Twitter and her bio is like written kind of fucked up. And we spent 20 minutes talking to her about how her bio is weird. Like she did a hashtag, but the hashtag was after the word, not before the word. And she decided to abbreviate her job title. And it was just like, it was just like E-I-D-T-R-T-M-F-T. It was just a bunch of editor letters. Hashtag. And we're, so we went through and she was on her phone live editing her bio. Like, oh, I have to change this. I change that. And so like, it could, it could be anything as dumb as that, but it's something that's hyper relatable to everyone. Everyone ponders what they're going to write in their social media bio, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also uh, think we've I also think we've hit this weird inflection point where it's like popular enough where 
if people check with their friends or their who their publicist or whatever, they're told they should do it. Mm. And whether they've heard about it or not, or whether they've listened to it or not. And we love like Joe is a great example. Joe had no idea what the fuck she was signing up for. <laughs> like had no idea. It's like six o'clock in London. She's like, Yeah, I'm gonna and she gets on and she's like, What the fuck have I signed up for? <laughs> and then fifteen, fifteen minutes in, you see the tide change and she's like, Oh, uh. this isn't like, I don't have to do it. I'm not selling anything. I don't have to. F- These guys aren't asking me about, like, what I do for a living. These guys aren't asking me, like, what it all means. Mm. You know, We're and not you asking see about her the con- intersection of fashion and tech. Right. Yeah, you see her. Re- you see people <laughs> relax in this way that's like, yeah, man, we're not doing, like, we're not. That's not what this is. And, th- and, and I think that is always the best. Like, that's the best, you know, possible yeah. situation for us. I think people are so burnt out of just having to talk about work every time they hop on a zoom or the internet or like with people totally, totally. So to get like an hour to, to D to C or to fuck <laughs> around. It's exactly. like, it's, it's like, you're it's like, fun oh, to listen to people. Yeah. have fun. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, cool. Tr- like, totally. I, I'm not trying to learn a ton of stuff here. Like it's, and if I do, I'll pop on like through line. But if uh, mm-hmm. I just want to like hang for an hour while I like drive or walk or, you know, do something. Um, yeah, we've all we've all listened to so many painful conversations on podcasts. There's been so many times where you're like, "Oh, Mark Marin has Benicio del Toro on, right. or whatever, you know, whatever is like, oh, this is going to be sick. Like two kings battling. What's going to happen? <laughs> and you, you know, 48 minutes in, you're like, nothing has happened. It's just nothing. You know, like there's nobody is having fun. It's we just like because you want to have this serious moment. You want somebody to cry. You want somebody to talk about their process and how sure. everything. Just like. Just talk as if you're hanging out at a bar. That's well, all you got to do. Well, I think do. there's, yeah, no, I think there's also, I think in the world of podcasting, and you've been doing this for a long time, you understand, mm-hmm. there's like a little bit of like a, I think there was a little bit of a trench, an unoccupied area where it was like, we're not comedians, we're not like comedy bang bang dorks, mm-hmm. but we're also not like <laughs> NPR, like let's dissect cancer. Sure. And there's there wasn't much in between, you know what I mean? There really wasn't. There's not stuff that's just like kind of fun. And, and to Jason's credit, I mean, I think that's what Jason did with Tall Tales and like yeah. kind of owned yep. that lane in a way. And I think that we just, we just kind of got into that zone pretty quick because we both recognized that that's what we want to do and and that's also like what we're good at yeah it's like a mm-hmm. it's a a good podcast hang like that's what the ethos is is like we just it's like fun it's like cool i, I can hang out i can learn a little um mm-hmm. we don't have to talk about politics religion no. or anything you know bummery no Same uh, the bummery for private now one of the things you guys do talk about um a lot is food uh jason more on the cooking side than chris <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. and even though you don't have always like a food guest on, it always does come back to like what you're eating, what you're drinking. Why do you guys like that as a lane of conversation? It's relatable to everyone. It's the most relatable thing in the world. Other than breathing, every motherfucker got to eat yeah. and mm-hmm. everyone has an opinion on it and everyone wants to hear someone's and disagree with it or be vindicated, agree with it, whatever it is. You know, yeah, if we, if I, we I, talk about a Phoebe Bridgers album. You know, thirty percent of the people listening have heard it and will will have an opinion on it. If I'm talking about grilled cheese sandwiches, every motherfucker is going to have something to say about it. You mm-hmm. know, and I also mean, food's I find a big the- part of our lives. You know, we love we love food, we love eating. I I don't. I love restaurants, but like a food and eating. No, Chris, you love to eat, Chris. Come on. When have you seen me love to eat, Jason? When I you're mean- on oxycotton. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, bro. Look, my when I was shame eating pizza, zonked out on the couch. You wasn't there. Like the, no one saw that except me. You know what I mean? Look, I know that's that what, we. You love a good meal. You love a good. No, arc. I do. I'm, I'm I'm being dramatic. I'm being dramatic. But you like, love bread service. I do think it is very relatable. That's that's like that is that is very true, and it's also something that everyone can talk about. No, you're not going to stump anyone with like a. A, a food related question usually that's an easy one to answer uh, whether you're passionate about it or not mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know i know that there is a trope on the show chris about you talking about how you don't care about food but i would say you do talk about more enjoying going out to restaurants like you talked about going to indochine and going out to yeah, eat like yeah. i think which Jason, I just learned is a Vietnamese restaurant. I want to redact that from our last episode. <laughs> well, we'll 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 add it to the uh, fact check part at the end of the show. Um, but it's interesting because I get the impression, Chris, you like the experience going out to eat, like the whole like um, entertainment yeah, service sure. ritual of it. And Jason, you're drawn a little bit more to cooking at home. Like, what do you guys mm-hmm. like about both aspects of of what draws mm-hmm. you more to the food world? Uh, I mean, I. I I just think going to a restaurant is one of life's great pleasures. Mm. I have no interest in looking up a recipe and buying a bunch of fucking spices and <laughs> and using a stove and doing dishes. Like it just seems crazy to me. Like it just doesn't it doesn't give me any joy or pleasure, but that being said, I respect the art form greatly. Like I, it's very difficult to be good at it. And I mean, I get to experience that. Jason cooks for me all the time and it's fucking incredible. And I have a lot of friends that are really good at it, which makes me want to do it even less. <laughs> like, it, it, like it makes me right. want to participate even less. Why, you know why, I mean? why um, enjoy the Zen art of motorcycle maintenance when 10 of your friends are really good at fixing motorcycles? Exactly. Exactly. Jason, what's yeah, been drawing I'm, you in the kitchen? What have you been cooking these well, days? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm the same as Chris. I love going to a restaurant. I love mm-hmm. the pageantry of it. Yeah. I love, you know, the whole process and everything, the, the energy in the room. It's amazing. One of my favorite things in the world to do. But, you know, because of these unprecedented times going on, you know, restaurants are really taking a shit. Service is bad. It's mm. just not the same as it used to be. You know, it's so I really like the control aspect of cooking at home since I know how to cook whatever I want to make for the most part. I can just make it at home. It's going to and I'll be in control exactly of what's going to happen. I'll make it exactly how I like it. And if it's something that I can't make like sushi or, you know, crazy Chinese food in a walk or whatever it is, then I'm happy to go out and get that. Yeah, I think that's definitely been the last few years have been like that balance of wanting to support the restaurant industry but then also realizing how expensive and like and forget the money part about how sometimes it's just like a disappointing service especially at a new place or a place that is like not on their top of the game and just we're done we're done with we're done with over tipping covid we're done with the covid (laughs) over tipping and i love to tip but we're done we're done like where we had a conversation about this the other night how how it's like I, is it time to do we really need to tip 50 percent on the on the latte anymore like these people are <laughs> these people are making more money than we are at a certain point we gotta we gotta walk <laughs> it back man we gotta i i want all of our restaurants to thrive but at a certain point like i have to eat too yeah know? and you want to re- reward good service you just don't want to reward of course like, just service i always reward yeah. good service and yeah. i i disreward bad service gladly as well i'll hit you with a 12.5 bitch <laughs> fuck around and find out i'll hit you with a 22.5 no i but, mean well 22.5 um, you're so is, generous <laughs> you're so the generous. problem is it's just like it's so few and far between that you have those meals where like oh everything really did work out the food mm. was good 
the service was good and there was a value An extra that's, that's yeah that's proportionate to the cost to the food that's all it is yeah um i don't I, care if it costs 500 dollars for dinner if the value is there then we then we're doing it yeah I, but if, if you go to antico and spend 500 dollars, mm. you get a fucking steak that tastes like Here anchovies and two pastas that smell like my Here foot after after equinox then yeah Here then it's goes. gonna be a problem Here no alcohol <laughs> I can't think of a restaurant. When's the last time you and I have been to a restaurant where you left satisfied? That's the real question. I feel like, Chris, I've heard you – that's what I'm saying. Is like I've heard you talk more about leaving restaurants satisfied than I have heard Jason. Yeah, that's because I don't care about uh, the food. I mean, I do. I mean, it needs to be edible, of course. But, like, I'm just – you know. My like, criteria if, for a win is is much more intense mm, than his. He, I'm he, trying he to knows think, what he's going to get. He's going to get a shrimp cocktail – yeah, and the okay. shrimp cocktail pretty much tastes, you know, it's either it's either good or it's like I'm barfing. It's, you know, it's always good. And then he'll get, you know, a piece of fish that's $47. That's it. Yeah. It's that's good. it. Yeah, I'm not getting I'm not trying to experiment, but I'm trying to think of where we I don't know wine. if we I don't know right. where we've gone lately that we both really liked it. I I don't I can't yeah, think it, of the it. first time we went to horses. That's that was true. Good. That's true. But then that's after true. that, yeah. you know, that horse got to lay down to pasture uh, <laughs> so you guys have also dabbled in the food world with turn them into glue darren that's what he said that's what uh -huh. darren said you guys have yeah. uh put out coffee uh you guys had a <laughs> vegan breakfast sandwich when's the next collab are we gonna get like a like an air one smoothie or I wish we're, we're working on we're working on i forgot jason we need to we need to restart the conversation with our favorite sandwich bro Oh yeah, we got an Uncle Polly's sandwich coming out. <laughs> yeah, we're doing. We're doing. It's going to be our version of a. It's like a Guido California hippie sandwich, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it's going to have it avocado sprouts and the sausage and the peppers and the, <laughs> when, and the garlic aioli. When the when Queens meets Glendale, you ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, hear a song from the archives. Come back. Talk about your. Your album that came out adds colors. Oh, baby, let's go. Uh, here we go. A song from the archives on Snacky Tunes on hrn.org.
Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are with Chris and Jason of How Long Gone. Um, you guys recently released your first album back in December, Ads Color on Jag Jaguar. What's the story mm-hmm. behind it? What made you want to put out um, an album? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, great question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, we just met. We we were in uh, we were in Indianapolis working on the coffee because our roaster is there. Tinker mm-hmm. is there, and we met Eric from Jag Jaguar. He lives in Bloomington. And he drove for dinner, and it kind of it kind of came up organically um, at, at a meal, and then. I just kind of was like, it was a little loose when we left. And I was like, we got to make this happen because it's so mm. crazy. Like, I'm yeah. just going to make this. I'm just going to, like, really hammer this until it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started off. Forced, the forced idea, their hand, really. Yeah, exactly. The idea, like, was a little a little more complicated, of course, you know. And then, it, and then you realize what you can actually do. And we had been mm. doing our music show. And we were like, this is kind of the perfect. We know how to do this. It's pretty simple and straightforward. And. They obviously have the rights to all these songs for us to talk about them. Um, And it was just fun. And they're cool. I mean, they just they get the joke and they know that it's like it's Mm -hmm. just fun for everybody. And it's not that serious and no one's going to lose or make any money. But that's fine. Mm -hmm. I sort of like projects like that these (laughs) days where it's like it's going to exist. We're going to make something tangible that you can hold. We won't make money. We won't lose money. But it's something to do. I mean, you guys put out a CD, which is. Mm It's fun. Yeah, I mean, now, it's we, fun. now we get it's, to say we put out a CD and, you know, we get press around it and people are like, how are you on Jag Jaguar? And you don't and also, do anything, yeah, and also, you know? I, well, I mean, the, the return this of the CD obviously is, is uh, you know, on the tips of a lot of people's tongues. And I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say we it's did it first because we didn't, obviously, but we did. Obviously, double we did. gatefold disc. It's a beautiful yeah, we. We it, put it, it. We put it maybe back into the zeitgeist. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to take Darren, too much. We call credit. that the gone effect. Where? Oh uh, yeah. Wouldn't you know it? Something that we talked about <laughs> maybe three to four months earlier becomes sizzling hot. The opposite yeah, no. of a steak from Antico. 
but to me it was just like what are we gonna what what do we what do we do because like i vinyl is stupid tapes are even more stupid like cd is the cd is the only physical medium that i think is cool Spotify's even canceled. I, uh, yeah, yeah Spotify, you can't use spotify anymore so but it's like i didn't <laughs> it's the only thing it's the only one we could do you know it's the only physical physical one we could do i think i don't know what and else it's also it been. The, it's the the medium of media that is closely attached to our life and childhood you know we grew up with cds True. not vinyl or you know maybe cassettes very early in our lives but it's just a big part of our lives it's a format that we're familiar with we know how to use it we all have cool vintage mercedes benzes and land rovers <laughs> that all have mm-hmm. cd players in them they don't have cassette decks in them no you know it just makes sense did you want to sign to a label or be on this beyond just putting out this cd did you like being having a like a, a, yeah. are you, a are home you team? kidding, bro? <laughs> Fuck yeah. This is like, this is the, the wildest shit. I, I say this all the time. I have no talent and I got an, I got a record out that, and we're label mates with people who are like truly geniuses. You know what I mean? The whole thing yeah. is insane. Yeah, of course. And Eric, yeah. I mean, I got I to see Jonathan Jr. in an elevator and be like, what's up, bro? We're uh, label mates. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, like, what do I you mean, do? I'm like, I'm a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I, and they're just they're cool like everybody over there is cool they've been supportive in the right way and like if we ask for something reasonable they usually can make it happen it's like exactly the relationship you want in in a situation like this and we also I think we also know where we stand we're not like you know where's the out of home campaign guys you yeah know, we, we, <laughs> recogni- we recognize that w- what everybody is here for and what we're all trying to do you know like we, we everybody agrees we're all cool, man. And we got to hey, do a What's in Your Bag at Amoeba, which is, you know, a big no, goal of ours. Which was great. And it's it's so interesting. Uh, you know, Chris, you and I have chatted, DM'd a bit about uh, Dan Ozzy's sellout book and looking backwards. And yeah. The Atlantic put out an article this week that was like, old music is scooping new music. And, and so the whole idea of looking backwards to CDs and, and bands like that is just something where... I, I don't know if it's coalesced around this whole thing, but it feels like in the last like six months to a year, it's been like, oh, everyone else is just going back and listening to old music or listening to bands yeah, but like I, rock yeah, and roll I mean, I and things people, like that. I think people are looking for meaning in this, you know, terrible world we live in. And, <laughs> you know, I think that like any bit of nostalgia is what people it's gotten mm. crazy, you know, honestly, like even in the last couple of weeks, like all these festivals and shows that are happening with all these bands that we grew up with. And it's like, I mean, it's getting dark. It's like, it's like bands. I'm like, I don't even know who this is. You know what I yeah. mean? But they're, it's, it's getting crazy. But like, that's just what's going to happen. I mean, that's what it traditionally has always happened. But I think that the pandemic has of just made it more happened. extreme. I think the pandemic, pandemic has made it more, a little more extreme. Right. Because it's just like, we interviewed this band uh, out of New Zealand and partially because of their age and where they're located and things like that. But he's like, He's like, I haven't really seen a lot of live music in my life, and I just listen to older music because it doesn't matter because I'm not seeing anything live anyway. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Which so I like, thought I don't, was really interesting. Like, I don't care about the new stuff because I can't see anything anyway, so everything's open to me. I just listen to, like, 70s and 80s and early 2000 rock, and that's what his music sounds like. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that's I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, look, I I'm looking at... I mean, I'm looking at fucking, you know, yesterday I get the update 
you know, of Song Exploder, and it's fucking Franz Ferdinand, Take Me Out. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> this is how far we've gone? Like, I mean, that song was huge, but like... It's just th- because we're old, guys. This, I mean, wh- remember when we were kids and and Puff Daddy would sample all these old 70s disco yeah, but, songs? And then every, all the old heads were just like, he ain't making music, he's just copying it. And then we were kids, and we were like... I don't give a fuck. It's cool, and now you know. And now it's it, it's always been happening. This is just how it always goes. Where no, totally, totally, yeah. Totally, I think totally. the only difference now is that when he would sample Led Zeppelin or something like that, it wasn't Led Zeppelin coming back out in the same way that I don't know Jawbreakers coming out to play "Dear You," and I'm super yeah. pumped about that. But it's not uh, Drake sampling "Accident Prone" for a new song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank. You're lucky Jason's not producing anymore. That could be you could have just given away the keys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you guys did your own version of live shows. You did a tour last year. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. How did you like being out on stage? And uh, how did you guys like the live environment? I mean, you know, what did you take away from what you like about live music, live shows, and things like that? Bring it to your your show. Uh, well, unfortunately, I don't really like live music, uh, so that wasn't that wasn't really a big thing for true? me. But I mean, I have to know it. I have to like really care. Like, I have to really like it. Like, I, I I'm not gonna just go check out a band. Sure. Like, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. That's fair. I mean, well, I, 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 I did like that live, for 15 years. Yeah. I like live music as long as there's a place to sit down. So we made sure that was what we took into our podcast tour. Make sure we got chairs. Deeply appreciated. By the way. No, but we had a, we had a blast. I mean, it was it was super fun, and I think that like um, I mean, we'll definitely be doing more of it. And I think that we did it in a way that felt you know like us. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's like I don't want to do a show at the Bell House. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I want to do a show at Bowery Ballroom. Like I just don't like. Mm-hmm. It, it's just another thing that I feel like we should never have access to that we do. So we have to do it that way. Mm. <laughs> we have to do it the the way that like we can get away with. And also I think working with high road is like, that's what they do. I mean, that's like where they book bands. So it all made sense to do it in these places like, like Bowery ballroom or the lodge room or Shuba's or whatever. Lodge room. What probably best venue in LA. Yeah. That place. Great. I, I'd never been there. Obviously I hate Highland park. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> Great, Honestly, I great, loved it. Great green loved room. It. The green room had two stories. Amazing. Gr- yeah, that was great. great green room. Whole vibe was whole vibe was good. And you guys great have show. also talked about doing what I guess Fred Armisen did and comedians did, but opening up for bands and things like that. Do you have any plans to do that in the future? Is that where you would want to go? Do you just want to? Because you had bands open yeah, for man. you, but would you want to flip no. it and, and say like, "Hey, we're going to open the show"? How would you sort of bridge that gap, or would you just be like, "We're just going to try and win them over"? For those who want I mean, to I over. think, yeah, we've talked about this a lot because, like, we do want to do that. And that's something we've talked to our agents about. And that's something Jason and I have talked about because I think it's like a logical next step. But it's also like, yeah, I mean, what crowd, what, like, we're talking about getting on festivals now. It's like, yeah, we could probably do Pitchfork, but those, they're like a bunch of humorless dorks. Like, it's Ooh. not going to work. You know what I mean? So it's like, we have to pick our battles of like, who do we think? Would we compliment, you know what I mean, whose crowd would, would get what we're doing, whose crowd has listened before, you know, that whole thing, which is a is a delicate dance, I would say. Yeah. But it's also, I, I think it's a little bit of kind of like a sign of the times with our unfortunate um, decline of attention spans where I see a scenario where people would rather sit, you know, we, they would rather just watch us like crack jokes and make fun of music and the bands playing for 15 minutes 
then like wait for you know some opener to like set up all their gear and sound check mm-hmm. and and then play their songs that you've never heard before strike <laughs> all their gear have the you know it's like they're like it's it's just too much and they would rather you know the chances of them enjoying us just interviewing phoebe bridgers after she performed on stage and cracking some jokes is going to be much more entertaining than yeah seeing some loser ass band play or hearing the sound guys cd or mix yes exactly <laughs> yeah it. the other op the, the other option no 100 percent. i mean like, oh, it, yeah. okay I, okay cool man i think we'll fi- i think we'll figure out i mean uh, i mean historically this is like there's a precedent for this like people yeah. have done this whether yep. it was in the 70s or whatever yeah, yeah. so it's like kinnison I think would could... open for acdc or shit like that you know but and you really get to pump the crowd up and you get to get them revved up and we can go like ladies and gentlemen Cigaros, and then <laughs> before, because otherwise the band playing before Cigaros is going to finish an hour before they ever go on, and you're just going to be like, oh uh, yeah, that energy really does take a dip, especially now when it's like no, it does. a, a four-hour show. There's two bands, it's 45 minutes mm-hmm. in between, and you're like, okay, all right, okay, it's yeah, too it's too much. It's yeah, too you much. guys should uh, hop over much. to the shrine. You should guys come warm up the Bjork crowd for the weekend. I think that would go really I'd well. Love for us, to yeah. do that. I, I think that's exactly. That's the center exactly of the diagram. Crowd. Um, <laughs> exactly our crowd. So you guys are about to hit 300 episodes. I imagine we're going to get probably a lot more after that. What are you looking forward to? You got some guests coming up, but, you know, what are you hoping to do with the show? Have on any dream guests, things like that. I mean, we we, we just want to keep cranking, honestly. Mm. I think we, after last year was pretty crazy and like yeah. the tour and the whole thing. It was kind of like, you know, before before this this year started we kind of sat down like let's just like podcast for a while like let's just do our our show and like get as good as we can at it and obviously like book the guests that we want and keep on doing what we're doing and then on the the business side yeah exactly (laughs) on the business on the business side just put in the work and figure out what the next move is you know what i mean whether it's shows or or things that are bigger than that it's like we have to we just have to figure it out you know but the, the reality is you can't you know, uh, you, you can't focus on that stuff more than the show itself, or there's going to be an issue. Mm, and I think that's yeah. that's a fine line too. Yeah, the show the show itself always takes precedent. And then, um, you know, we we've done 300 episodes in less than two years, so that's amazing. It really is a lot of like a testament to hard work and just like getting in and doing the reps, listening to the podcast, going back and knowing where you can improve, where you can't improve. So I think we kind of have our formula down and our confidence level is up on what we can and can't do. So all we have to do is just, like like Chris said, keep potting and then hopefully, you know, we'll have access to more and more guests that we didn't have access to before as our show grows and we can get, you know, David Spade on and Nigella Lawson and, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, great. Everyone else in between. <laughs> I mean, the consistency is key. Like the fact that you guys are no, it is. It really. I is. I mean, that's that's people ask all the time, like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I want to do this. I'm like, all right. Like, the biggest thing I can say is like, are you willing to set a schedule and stick that schedule? And then everything yeah. else is like, you'll get there. You'll do, you'll just keep doing episodes. Mm-hmm. It'll get better, get worse. But can you say we're going to do this three times a week, once a week, twice a month, and then do it? Mm-hmm. No, no, hundred percent. I mean, I think that's the thing you see. Thank people- God, most people can't. Yeah, you see people flame out with whatever it is, you know, and it's like four, I four think episodes just, about baseball statistics, and you're like, glad, <laughs> glad you bought two thousand dollars worth of gear. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank the, you. The, yeah, yeah. The problem and the benefit is the better the better the podcast is, or better the band is, or whatever it is, 
the easier it looks and the more you think, oh, I could do that. And people mm-hmm. email me all the time. And they're like, oh, we listen to you guys. Just two fucking friends bullshitting about where they had lunch that day and you know where they're going to work out. I can do that. Anyone can do that. And luckily, most people can't really actually do that. Yeah, it's it's the booking the gas, the putting the time in, and it just seems you guys make it seem effortless, but it's 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 uh it's a lot of we work. We work very hard on it. We work very hard on it. It's good. Uh, well, listen, I, thank you guys for taking the time. If people want to check out um, the podcast, see when get some merch, see when the new drops are coming for for collaborations, or uh, reach out to see if they can get a spot on the show for booking agents where can they go definitely definitely don't do that uh, how long gone how long gone.com is the website everything is there um and then you know jason and i are of course on on twitter.com and all all of that stuff for the real time action if that's what you truly crave and <laughs> new shows action. are out new shows are out everywhere you listen to podcasts monday wednesday and friday without fail amazing well mm-hmm. thank you guys uh really appreciate making the time Oh, we of have, course. Thank you. Yeah. We have a song from the archives, and then we have uh, a performance from the archives from your label mates, Small Black, here on Snacky Tunes. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go. Had to save it for you guys. Here we go Thank on you. Snacky perfect. Tunes on HRN.org. In the perfect day in the stardust of a melody This day is a perfect day Leaves fall in time with the song
This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Well, I'm looking at four proud fathers of their new baby. Is an album a girl or it's a girl, right? Right. Sure. Sure. I think this yeah. Is, yeah. So six days old. Have you guys slept? How's she doing? She all right? She crying a lot? Keeps us up at night. Yeah. Um, just give her a little whiskey every night, and then she goes right out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so limits of desires out. Super excited. How do you guys feel about it? I feel great. Yeah. 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 We spent a lot of time on it, but it was worth it, and I don't know. We're really proud of it. Um, what's it like to? Uh, sit down and write an album these days and put it out in the crazy world that is the music industry? It's an interesting question. Um, I don't know. It's like something like a release date is such a weird thing now because the album's streaming a week before. Right. People have stolen it, you know, a couple weeks before that. So. Oh, really? Like, were, you, were you guys hacked? Yeah, I mean, I think it only came, it got leaked like maybe two weeks before, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. too bad. Yeah, no, that's about as be- the best you can hope for. So, um, how does I, it feel to see a leak of your album? Cool. Yeah. Because well, people care enough that they're gonna they're looking steal for it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. You know, I I think everybody steals music. It's it's just the reality of things. You pay for what you can afford. So yeah, everybody that hears our band is you know. We're lucky for them to check it out. So give us a quick history of the band. How'd you guys all meet? Ryan and I are from Long Island. Strong Island. Yeah. And we're friends from back then. And then Jeff and Juan are friends from college. And then we kind of buddied up and started the band. Supergroup? Yeah. And what year was that? 2009. Okay. So it's been been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. Four years, you guys still all friends? Yeah. 
Tor, Tor will make every makes everybody crazy, but then we chill out for a week and become friends again. That's because Tor isn't natural. Like Tor is, is no. the most unnatural. We're gonna put you in a van. We're gonna give you no sleep, and yeah. it's like lots of stress. Lots of stress. Yeah, everybody has had their meltdowns. <laughs> So just you try, know to, what? try to manage them. I wouldn't trust a, a guy or a girl in a band on a tour who didn't have a meltdown. Because then you're like, oh, this person's fucking crazy. And Actually, this it. guy, Ryan, I can't... Th- Maybe Ryan hasn't had a meltdown. Really? He's a real even keel. I oh. guess not. He's I guess I'm to totally have nuts. Because when you're acting like a nut, you just look at Ryan, he's very sensible and calm. <laughs> and then you feel bad about yourself. What's uh, <laughs> what's the food sitch on the, uh, on the road? We don't play around. We eat real well. Really? We don't eat crap. We're we're super into Yelp and like we'll when we're on like a long drive we we plot out all the cities that are on the route and we'll call an order in in advance and pick it up on the way. Oh you're no joke. Yeah. Yeah, we're not eating. We try not to do crap. this, you know, gas station shit. The, bur- the yeah. 99 cent burrito. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because really when you're on a 10 hour drive, the only thing to look forward to is something good to eat. So what's uh, what's some of your favorite places? Like cities or restaurants? Hit me with both. Um, we've had really good luck in Phoenix. Have you gone to America's Best Tacos near the airport? No, but I want to. Uh, well, uh, well, trade info. They do this carne asada, and they just put it in eight different types of like Whoa. wraps. That sounds really good. We yeah. have to do that. We went to this place called Fez, which is like a sandwich joint, and Triple H from WWF was there. Oh, yeah. Fez and Phoenix? Yeah. Yeah, was... some other band was on the show talking about Fez. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's... You know, I you know, I think it's uh, I think there are just communication between bands. I mean, look, you're all looking for good food at a certain price yeah. point in certain towns. Yeah. You're going to come across the same thing. It's true. That Yeah, that place has been a go-to. Um, what was the name of that diner we ate at in Denver? Oh, something with an S. I wish I knew the oh, name. That food was yeah. delicious. Really good fried chicken. Um, you guys, anyway. All right, so let's do... We'll, 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 I'll look it up. I'll see if I can find it. You said yeah. S Diner, Colorado? We'll, we'll find it, yeah. Is it in Denver? All right, we'll see if we can find it. Thing. So uh, you, you guys going to rip a song for us? Yeah, let's do it. What song are you playing first? This song is called No Stranger. All right, here we go. Small Black, New Dads of the new album. The Little Baby Girl, No Strangers here on Snacking Tunes. Come 
That's a summer jam. Thanks. Thanks. That's a, that's a straight-up summer jam. So what's the writing process for you guys? Is, uh, you know, I heard you when you guys were warming up before the show started, there was definitely a little bit of jam going on. You guys jam it out, and then you uh, figure out it's songs really, from there? We do some jamming. Yeah? It's really different song to song. Um, yeah, some are from jams. Some are from a song somebody brings to the band, and then we kind of rework around all the different elements. Um I think for this record, songs didn't really become contenders for the record until they had a hook that we thought was good and that we la- we latched onto. So I think that was the the main criteria as far as how we followed through and finished things. When I think one of the things that I like now, or when you can definitely tell that a band wrote an album and not just a single, and you guys put out an actual album. So what's it like when you're structuring not just 
going for one song, but a whole start to finish and placement and things like that. I just was reading about um, the Breeders' 20, 20th anniversary of The Last Splash, and they're like talking about song placement and structure and the way it goes, and I feel that that's a lost art. Yeah, um, I would say with this record, like Free at Dawn, the first track was definitely designed as an intro track, and the last track, Outskirts, is um, definitely was always designed to be the ending. So um, we had that in mind, and then I think the rest, things start to, as you, as you get closer with the mix, they start to really show their head as to where they belong in the record and what role they serve you know there's a couple of songs that we cut from the record that i think are really good that just weren't you know they didn't serve the proper role in the record and did those become seven inches or what do you do with those um i guess ca- I we're kind of we just put the record out so we're still figuring out what to do but yeah seven inches are great eps you know it's it's kind of what you know you got to respect record store day for i think breathing life back into the seven inch and making it yeah. like a new commodity mm-hmm. i feel for a few years uh that was not a thing and you know the digital download or like the free song but there's something nice about having it be tangible even if it's 200 copies and you, re- you release it all no, I, I love seven inches i think that's probably the music form i buy the most just because it's five or six bucks it's a nice way to support the band you get the cool art i, I mean i like the general size of a seven inch it looks great and i don't know it's usually got some track that's not as easy to find on the net yeah? On the B-side. Do yeah. you find that people aren't ripping 7 Inches as much as they are albums? I mean, they do. I mean, everything eventually ends up on YouTube. But um, I think it's sometimes harder to find, like, that nice MP3 or something that you want to listen to. Yeah. What's your most uh, prized 7 Inch? Um. <laughs> yeah. Juan's yeah. brother is, like, a like a deep 80s DJ. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an Elder Barge seven inch. Yeah, oh, really? That's great. That's the summer jam. That's like oh the yeah. Alt. There's your dub right there. Yeah, yeah. pop, but the, the jam. Kid vocal when you can get away with it is really great. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of fun. I also like playing seven inch. I mean, DJing is fun. Yeah, I no. usually just bring out the computer and do the whole Serato thing. But the seven inch thing is fun. You really work it. Especially yeah. with, you know, those are two, three-minute songs, and you're, you're sweating. And you better have those records organized, or you're going to be playing some trash. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> nothing is, nothing is uh, shorter than when you don't have the next song queued up, or longer than when you played the wrong song. <laughs> yeah, no. You can't get, yeah, you can't get out of a seven. There's no, yeah, like, there's no... drag and drop a new song. No. Nah. No, you gotta let, <laughs> you gotta let that bomb play out. <laughs> now, are you guys doing any barbecues with some of you guys cooking, or...? Juan, Juan is the is the guy. He's a deep barbecuer. Juan, what you got? Uh, he's well, a, he's I'm our f- foodie guy. He's the go-to. I'm, I'm from Argentina, so we have uh, asado down there. Oh, it's yeah. very very different style than that's here. That's like the big flame. That's yeah, the, yeah. And it's every house has uh, basically like a clay giant barbecue built into the backyard. It's they, there's a joke in Argentina that every house starts with the barbecue and then builds outward from there. Well, we got the barbecue. <laughs> We're thinking about building a house around it, right? That's pretty much Argentina, and it's just incredible. The the meat quality, it's lean but very flavorful down there. And the cows are very healthy. Just incredible food. And produce, it's kind of like anything that you would have to go out of your way to get here, organic, it's just kind of regular there. Uh, so that's kind of the best because you don't feel like you're doing gourmet cooking. You're just doing regular cooking. But it's like... Coming. Well, there was a time when regular cooking was just gourmet exactly, cooking. Exactly, yeah. exactly. What's your, is that your, I mean, what do you do in Brooklyn? Because I am assuming... I would love to... I've been trying to think about 
importing the grill. It's like a V-shaped yeah. grill because it catches the fat, doesn't yeah. let the fat drip and smoke up into the meat. Uh, so I'm thinking about importing one of those and building one. We're also talking about doing a smoker in the backyard this summer, smoking some whole chickens. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. we're not we're not playing around. No, we're into it. It's, yeah. I, I think the uh, backyard Brooklyn barbecue scene. Yeah, no, no, people don't come here to play. No, no, no. You know, it's, everyone's a foodie now. You better not show you with some pre-made yeah. patties. Oh no! Oh yeah, exactly. Party. Like I was in the bodega yesterday and I saw those uh, pre-wrapped cheeseburgers. And oh, I was like, God. who's still Unnecessary. 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 All right, enough about food. Let's, let's, do, another, let's do another song. Yeah. We'll talk about food all day. Uh, what do we got next? The song's called Sophie. Okay, here we go. Uh, Small Black Sophie here uh, live on Snacky Tunes.
super rad. So how would you best describe your music? Oh, man. I'm kidding. I'm not going to ask you music <laughs> questions like that. Let's get Thanks. back to the food. Um, so what is your favorite uh, time of the year to eat? Are you guys barbecue men or are you guys actually, are you guys like winter soup dudes or things like that? Come um, on in. You're the food guy. Don't stand in the corner. Yeah. Just over there. I just like to eat fried chicken all the time. You know, there was a good article in the Times last week about how to fry chicken and how if it's not deep fried, it's not that bad for you. If which, it's not deep fried, it's not that like, bad for you. I thought if you had the temperature hot enough, the fat didn't get in. Yeah. And it's kind of okay. It's kind of okay. Like, the deep fried stuff that you get at KFC, that's that's bad for that's you. Bad. But <laughs> the like, <laughs> But the cast iron, two-inch skillet oh, okay. stuff is not as bad for you. And I'm just going to... And guess what? If I read that wrong, I'm just going to believe that it's not that yeah, bad for that. me. Keep that telling me that. Too. Right? Keep telling me that. So us. we learned today that Jamaican bitters are awesome and fried chicken is a health food. It's a health food. It's a health food. It's absolutely a health food. I read the other day that I was looking for recipes to make a pudding, like yeah. caramel pudding, and, and this one was like, this is really healthy, low in fat, high in calcium and protein. I was like, all right, yeah. I'll just make some caramel pudding. You know, look, I, th- <laughs> Why not? I think the biggest issue is processed food. Yeah, I think if absolutely. you can just eat good ingredients, like, okay, this pizza that we're eating, probably not every day, but essentially it's just bread and sauce and good cheese. Good cheese. Yeah, yeah I, I'm reading this uh, Joseph Mitchell book, and this one section is all about the Fulton Fish Market, and uh, there's this big section that, that he hangs out with this 93-year-old guy who's pretty much only eaten seafood his whole life. Yeah, yeah. And... He goes into this big, and it's, this is like in the 40s, and he goes off on like bread you'd get at the supermarket or whatever you got it there, and said he would never eat it, yeah. and that it's trash. And this guy would seem like was the first person that was completely against processed foods, and I think he lived to like be a hundred. Just yeah, I, it's it's really a, everything now is just going back to the way things were yeah. before all the processing. Trying to. Or trying to, like, the whole, like, dry-aged steak thing. It's like every steak used to be dry-aged. Yeah. That was the way you did it, and now it's, like, the special thing. We actually dry-age our own steaks at home, too, which is nice. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. We messed with that. We've definitely done that. What's, a couple porterhouses. What's the longest you let a steak go? I just go, like, two or three days, tops. Okay. And then it starts to dry out. And then I, know, I do the Heston Blumenthal method of just, like... Hot sear, 15 seconds, flip, flip, flip for two minutes, done. Really? Flip every 15 seconds. It never lets either side cool down, so it builds a nice crust, gets it nice and medium. I usually just do like a two-minute, two-minute. You know, Carlo (laughs) over at Blanca does an 85-day steak. Get out of here. 85. It's it's like... It's like like jerky by the end, but it's like... No, it's got like a funky blue cheese moldy. Ooh, Delicious. Yeah. Just cut that right off. You can't be afraid of the funk in both no. music and steak, no. you know? No, certainly not. So what's the plans for you guys? Tour coming? Yeah, we start tour on May 29th in Boston, and then we come back and wrap up in New York at Music Hall of Williamsburg on the 30th of June. Oh, so you guys are out for a month. Yeah, and then we'll be out again. So what, you going north and around? Circle, yeah. Circle. One of my favorite burrito places is up in Boston. You guys go to Anna's Taqueria? Ooh, oh, I I have been there. It's incredible. The yeah. burrito there. I had it like a decade ago, so I don't know if it's, it's the still same. the same, but oh my God. Do you know the Soul Clap guys? Yeah. Okay, I'm good friends with Charlie from growing up. Yeah. Family friends, so we used to go there. Oh man, it's up good. In Boston. That was like the first mission style, like steamed cheese type of burrito quesadilla so thing good. I've ever had. Go there. Yeah, we can it's good. Yeah, really that's on show. the list. Yeah. 
So you guys are just doing all North America? You guys dipping into Canada? Yeah, we're doing Mo- Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. Toronto's got great food, and Montreal, too. <laughs> Montreal's. That's my hometown. It's my dad's from. Where's Joe Beef at? Is that in... Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Dude, call him to even get a res. I know, right? Seriously. That'd be amazing. Hey, yo, our band loves your restaurant. Our band loves your restaurant. <laughs> if you're listening right now, Joe Beef, guys, will definitely come check it out. We just go to Schwartz's or go to Fairmont Bagels or things like that. Just get some of that dirty poutine, yeah. right? Totally. Uh, so I want to thank you guys coming on. What's all the nuts and bolts? Where can people buy the album? Um... Just, you can just get it at our website, small-black.com, or just grab it from Jag Jaguar or iTunes, Amazon. It's on all, all those various places. And can people the follow city. the tour on Twitter, Instagram? What are those? Yeah. Um, like Facebook. Facebook. It's pretty easy to find if you just Google small black. Uh, small BLK is the, t- is the Twitter handle. So. And where's the name from? Uh, I moved to Portland on a whim once, and I was living in this really sort of screwed up house. And there was a pack of raccoons that lived in the attic. Okay. And we named them all, and one of them was named Small Black, and that's who we named. That was the name of the band. Interesting. Well, shout out to Lissa. Lissa, what, what do you got? Come on. Tumblr. Tumblr. Oh, the Tumblr. Oh, Tumblr. Yeah. Smallblack.tumblr.com. I which, love Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr. Which just got bought by Yahoo today for a yeah. billion dollars. Really? Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the way to make money. I, I guarantee you Tumblr's yeah. sabering champagne bottles right now. I think that's hey, what you Tumblr do. guys. We love you guys. I think that's what happens when you sell for like a billion. I think that's what Instagram did. They just saber. They get those like big comically sized magnums. The Shandon, yeah. like the magnum. Like, yes, the yeah. Shandons. <laughs> which are crazy because they're like $100,000. It's like a hundred. I don't know. We, we drink that sometimes after shows. Oh, yeah? Just get a novelty like human sized bottle. And just saber it with one of the guitars. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so what's the last song we're going to get? We're going to do Oldies, Despicable Dogs. Awesome. Well, Small Black, Ben, everybody, thank you so much. We will be off next week because we will be enjoying a day of barbecue. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, you guys got barbecue plans for Memorial Day? Oh, yeah. yeah we're, we're working on it. Oh, you're working on it. We're working on it. Start aging those. Hey, man, do we get some funky steaks for next for next Monday. Steak and shrimp. Yeah, that's I'll what do we're the 80 do. day. 80, 85. <laughs> 85 day. I know, right? That's, that's really, really that's bold. Dedication. Yeah. I, it scares me, but obviously, I, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Small Black, second tune to see in two weeks. Thank you, guys.
is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.